The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, this is Ken Rashan. We are live in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. I'm actually uh, two buildings away from the historic Howard Theater, and we have an event that we're going to be doing for Metro Event Specialist, and we thank uh, Josh Norris as well, um, Max Major, and also Troy Francis for uh, bringing us out to that event, and we would want to acknowledge Voice America for being the wonderful station that we are hosted on. Specifically, Jeff, Jeff Spinard has a book called Frequency, which is a, a must-purchase if you want to have your voice heard and broadcasted, as well as my lovely producer, Robert Cellini. And we are also going to acknowledge the Connect the Dot game of how my guests and I know each other. So Tracy Haynes, who is a uh, partner and publisher, he was the one who invited me out to the PSA, the Public Speakers Association, where I met none other than Tanya Hoffman, and Tanya Hoffman's Power of One event introduced me to a lot of great speakers, and one of my favorites at the, uh, the event was none other than Scott Schilling. So, Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. Uh, really been looking forward to this. Well, isn't Tanya amazing? She's, uh, as we say, fabulous. <laughs> yes, she is. Well, I wanted to just uh, read actually a couple things that you would submitted that really inspired me, and I think the guests need to hear. Um, first of all, your life purpose to inspire and empower others to serve humanity through living their life's purpose in spirit, love, and joy. How'd you come up with that? Well, I, I was very fortunate. Uh, I've had many great mentors along the way, and um, I spent a, a number of years uh, very close to Jack Canfield, and Jack always suggested that... Uh, a life purpose statement was um, was very important, and so there's actually a process that I can share with everybody to do that. But the point was that it becomes a filter by which you make decisions. So as an example, again, the life purpose is to inspire and empower others to serve humanity through living their life's purpose in spirit, love, and joy. You ask me, would you come and be on my show? Well, let me run it through my filter. To inspire and empower others to serve humanity. Well, yes, I'll have that opportunity. There'll be a, an audience here so that they can live their life's purpose. Yes, both you and they will be more on purpose. In spirit, closer to God than I've ever been. Love, love my family, my friends, those I know. Joy, boy, this would just be great. This would be fun. Yeah, I'm in, Ken. Let's do the show. 
So your life purpose statement really becomes a guiding light for you. And if you don't have one, as they say, any path will lead you to where you don't know where you're going. You know, I mean, you can go anywhere. But it's very simple. Yesterday I spoke at a college. Uh, the day before I was at a convention. Consistently, that life, I was on purpose. And when I'm on purpose, that allows me to live more fulfilled, more happy, more joyous, and uh, serve more people. That's exciting. Well, you've certainly had a career of, and an opportunity to speak to hundreds of thousands of people. And one thing that uh, I really admired about you is you were one of the first speakers of the PSA, and you really set the stage. You lit everyone up. You got them all inspired. Um, you even have a sense of humor, young man, so that was, that was a nice plus. But, but I actually appreciated that you stayed and listened to every speaker, and you were intention and intuitively connected to them. You were actually sourcing them with energy. And that really is something that sets you apart, in my opinion, from so many other great speakers is they do their deal and it's on to the next thing or just take a break. And you were there the full three days and uh, you really listened to what I had to say and were kind enough to come over and um, give me a nice compliment. And hence, here we are today on a show together. Well, that's what, wanted... it really, the, what, what it really comes down to is if you want people to invest in you or your ideas or follow you, you've got to invest in them. It's a, there's a yin and a yang. There's a, there's a give and a take. And the one thing that I realized as a speaker is that I could always learn something from somebody. So while I've heard thousands and thousands of presentations, Somebody says, well, why would you stay there? You've heard this before. It, it was at a point where at one point I could give Colin Powell's address. I knew his talk because I had seen it so many times. But his mannerisms during his talk, the way he commanded the audience during the talk, the words were important, but it was his delivery that I really learned from. And so, uh, again, there's two parts of this. If, if I want you to invest in me and what I'm doing, I need to invest in you. At least that's my belief. Not everybody believes that. That's their issue. I, I can only do. I can only live what I believe to be true. Well, I know you want to say a couple of nice things about Tanya because she is one of the people that you acknowledge on stage, and you obviously took time out of your busy schedule to not only support that event but to specifically support her. So go go ahead, share share uh, how you met her and, and what she means to you. Well. Tanya, it's really funny the first time we met, because of what you just said, most speakers are kind of a one and done. They go in, they do their own thing, and they want their, they want their stage time, but they don't work to invest in somebody else or try to get them stage time or whatever. Well, when I first met Tanya, um, I think I took her by surprise because I said, man, you've really got something exciting here. And she goes, in what way? What are you talking about? I said, you know, I've been very blessed to share the stage with every name you know and do some phenomenally large events, but I didn't always, I didn't start there. And I wish there was somebody like you to invest in me back then. So I see what you're doing, trying to give guidance, trying to help, working to, to set up a matrix, to set up a way that people who have a passion to share a message can learn how to do it effectively. For that, I applaud you, and if there's anything I can ever do to help you, 
please feel free to call on me. <clears throat> and, and she kind of looked at me with those typical um, skeptical eyes that you get from a lot of people, and she goes, but you're really serious, aren't you? And I said, absolutely. She goes, I finally found somebody else who wants to give to other people. And so we just kind of clicked. It was, it, and it's not that bad, right? There's so many. You're, one, you're a giver as well, Ken. But, but the point is, that's how I really got to know Tanya. And I said, you know, I'll help you with your association and what you're doing in any way I possibly can. My years of experience, the number of events I've done, the things I can, if I can do anything to help you give others guidance, it's your credit. You get the credit. But I just, I I love the fact that you're reaching out to so many people trying to help them in such a great way. And I applaud you for that. Well, I want to sneak in a a little bit more tidbits uh, before uh, we go into the, I guess, the bulk of the show. But you had mentioned actually in your uh, people that, you have, I guess, shared the stage and really admired uh, Greg S. Reed being one of them and Eric Swanson. Uh, how'd you run into those guys? Well, it's funny. Um, Greg and I shared the stage together uh, uh, for the first time in Costa Mesa in 2005. And uh, I, I listened to him, and he came and listened to me, and, he, and we started talking. He goes, I kind of like you. You're a good guy. I said, well, thanks. I kind of like you. You're a good guy. He said, we should hang out. We should do things together. And uh, I said, yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, at that time, I live in Dallas. I still do. Greg is in the San Diego area. And there are many, many speakers in the San Diego area. Eric Swanson is there as well. Uh, John Asroff, Brian Tracy, that, 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 that. And he goes, no, I'd really like you to, to stay close and do some stuff with you. It'd just be fun to do. Well, I was off speaking so much I, I was doing. I did 288 gigs a year for six years, <laughs> and during that time, I, you know, Greg created two movies or three movies, a couple books, and and we reconnected at an event one day, and he goes, "Dude, where have you been? I I lost track of you." And I said, "Yeah, you know, I just been out speaking." He goes, "You would have been in three movies by now." <laughs> you know, so it's, it's just funny. So we reconnected, and he started Secret Knock, and and uh, he's created a great tribe and done some great work that way. Eric Swanson has done a very similar thing with his Habitudes uh, series and, and uh, his Ultimate Conferences, and just good people. You know, you gotta you got to champion the champions. There's plenty of not champions out there. So you got to champion the champions whenever and however you can. I totally agree. So you have spent years surrounding yourself with some of the best of the best, and you say, give me everything you got, and I, will, and I won't keep it. Teach me what I need to learn, and I'll share with everyone I possibly can. I think that's really a beautiful sentiment of actually the, the give and take and return and pay it forward. Yeah, you know, I've been very blessed to have some amazing mentors, a, a huge list of mentors. I'm actually a mutt. See, I'm a, I'm a little bit of Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen and Harvecker and Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and John Childers and J.J. Childers and J.J. Virgin and John Dealey and, and James Smith. And see, in theory, and I hope this to be true, I should actually be better than any one of them because I'm the best of each one of them. And that's the way you should look at your mentors. 
I don't agree or do uh, do it the same way of a hundred percent of any of my mentors. But I do the I do what I do agree with or that does fit me a hundred percent every time. And so if, if you can take the best of Jack Canfield and the best of Mark Victor Hansen, the best of Harv Ecker and the best of Brian Tracy, and on and on and on, you can get pretty darn good. Well, my statement to them was exactly, give me everything you got, I won't keep it. I'm not learning this just for me. I will share your legacy, I will credit you, I will expand your work, I will be an arm of you, which is why I have the relationship with those guys that I do, uh, guys, girls, um, and my mentors, because it's about, again, we have to invest in the next set of people, the next group of people, the next speakers, the next um, great people who are the great health professionals. We We've got to do whatever we can to encourage people. And the only way for us to be our best is to do everything we can to learn from the best and then share that along the way. And make sure you credit them. It's just the right thing to do. And I presume that's why your library of content and the fact that you've written 10 books was probably um, not necessarily effortless, but uh, a very ongoing exercise. Yeah, it, it just becomes a, a desire or not... You know, people ask you questions and you go, gosh, I, uh, that's a pretty easy answer, right? And, right. But, but what's funny is, uh, uh, again, I did a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour tr- uh, session at a college yesterday. And in doing that, at one point, I said, well, I was with Brian Tracy not too long ago, and this is, what Brian, this is how Brian would answer this question. And I was with Jack Canfield, and this is how Jack, and they're like, and then I'd answer it, and they said, well, whose is that? And I said, oh, that was mine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but the funniest part of that is very few people actually credit their mentors uh, to the level that they really should. Yeah, I agree with you. And Greg is a big proponent of the millionaire mentor. And, uh, right. Obviously, has a book about that. You know, I think a lot of the guests, uh, I mean, a lot of the people in my audience are probably pondering that because your last name is Schilling, that you actually created the Schilling and the, the uh, United Kingdom's monetary system. Is, that, is there any basis for that truth? That if it helps me, absolutely. <laughs> then, then who will credit <laughs> that, you with it? Well, let me, give you the, let me give you where that came from. So one time, uh, Kurt Schilling was pitching for the Phillies at the time, and we were going to a trade show down in Clearwater, Florida, and we had a, a day in between setup and, and the show starting. And there was a local golf course, and we decided to go play golf. And, and here we walk into the clubhouse to, to pay for our round, and Kurt Schilling's jersey is hanging on the wall, along with another other, many other players that, they, that was where spring baseball was, was Clearwater. And I looked up, and I said jokingly, Oh, Cousin Kurt. You've got his jersey. And the guy looked at me, and he looked at the T-sheet, and he saw the name Schilling. He goes, Kurt's your cousin? I said, possibly. You know, just, <laughs> I was just playing. He goes, you just go out and play. <laughs> and so, 
from that point forward, it, when somebody said, is Kurt, cousin, is Kurt Schilling your cousin? I said, if it helps. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's just one of those things that's really funny. Actually, when I was speaking for Get Motivated and we were doing the Providence, Rhode Island uh, event, uh, they had drivers waiting for us, and, of course, the name was Schilling. And I came walking out, and the guy looks at me, and the driver next to him elbows, and he goes, I told you it wasn't going to be Kurt. <laughs> Well, I noticed that you were able to finagle a lot of free roast beef sandwiches at the Public Speakers Association because you were throwing your name around and people Absolutely. thought you were connected to them. So Absolutely. it did work out pretty good. Sure. So I, I typically start this part of the show a lot earlier, but uh, we had so much background and relatedness, I wanted to give an opportunity to share with the audience uh, some of the people we both know. But uh, I understand uh, at the very beginning, I guess, of your life that you were born of a small child. It, well, I, I say that. You ask, you know, tell me your story. And I, I, I said, well, I was born a small child. Well, that's not really true. I was actually born a fairly large child. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was born a large child. I was 27 pounds at six months old and 41 pounds Jeez. at a year old, uh, 92 <laughs> pounds in first grade. And I was not fed with a slingshot. That's what's amazing. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I experienced some things with that, um, but literally started my, my selling career. My dad was in Toastmasters. We were going to the Toastmasters convention um, by train from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Los Angeles. And at the age of five, I had a pad of paper and a pen, and I walked up and down the aisle, and I yelled, tickets, tickets, who needs tickets? And somebody said, I do. I walked over to them, and I scribbled something on the first page, and I gave it to them, and they handed me some change. And My selling career was off from that point. By the time we got to L.A., I got $52 in change. <laughs> now, that was 1965. That's a long time ago. $52 for a five-year-old selling tickets on a train that they were already on. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that is very good, and I don't even know what the computation would be for conversion, but I'm guessing about three to five hundred percent, roughly. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. So, uh, tell me what you did this past weekend, so we can give the, the audience an idea of what a, a regular weekend is like for you. Well, I was fortunate enough to go down to uh, Orlando, Florida, to the Florida Chiropractic Association National Convention uh, about. 3,000 attendees, 3,000 chiropractors, chiropractic assistants, office staff, uh, those in the health and wellness industry. Um, I'm going to say there were 700, 800 booths. There were so many booths, it was crazy. I mean, it was awesome. Took over the, uh, a big portion of the, uh, uh, of the Hyatt Regency in the Orlando Convention Center. And just really worked. It's a profession that's near and dear to my heart. I had a 40-year bias against chiropractic care. And basically, my sister, a registered nurse, um, because of some things that had happened to her back by medical doctors, had said to me, don't ever let anybody touch your back. Well, you love your sister. She's in the medical profession. You pay attention. So for 40 years, I had a bias. But I kind of say it this way. When, when the shooting pain down my right leg was so bad that I couldn't press the accelerator on, in my company car, but I could use my left foot, that was okay. And when I couldn't sleep on my right side because of the shooting pain to my knee was so bad, 
but I could sleep on my left side. That was okay. But when I couldn't carry my golf bag, mm-hmm. enough was enough. <laughs> and I went to my first chiropractor, and now I'm a chiropractor warrior. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a chiropractic patient that truly believes in holistic solutions, and I do everything and anything I can to promote that industry, uh, the good people in it, and uh, good products around it. So I got to mingle well, had with I known, great thinkers. Had I known you were going to that, I probably would have begged you to take me along because chiropractors are obviously someone that uh, re- releases, reduces pain, and gets you smiling. And since my key smiling card is so associated with holistic treatments, uh, dental care, and, and chiropractic work, next time I'm going, I'm going to hop on a train, buy a ticket from you, might even give you more than $52, okay? And we'll, we'll take over the event. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, you're right. Just the reason I love the industry is because of the heart. Um, the, they just, they're there to serve and they're there to do it. Now, they need to learn some business things, and that's the good news. I then went from there to Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa, and I taught for the uh, professional business de- the professional center for business development. Uh, they brought me in for the seventh year in a row. I was able to go speak to the students and give them some business acumen and how to communicate the message of chiropractic from a patient's perspective. It was awesome. Such a great. And then, and the next event you went to was what was that event? That was up in in at Palmer College in Davenport, Iowa. So I was down in Orlando and then up to Davenport, and now on the radio with you. And what's the, what's the favorite topic you like to speak on stage? Well, in, with that group, the, the talk that I did yesterday or the teaching I did was turning your passion into influence. They're so passionate about health and wellness. They're so passionate about holistic care. Um, but they, they are not as learned about presentation skills, how to present that passion, how to, you know, you, you are very good at presenting your passion. I don't know that, that you've had any um, specific training towards it. I would say that you're kind of a natural at it from my observation. Now, I don't know that to be true or not true. I'm just saying from my observation, you're a natural at being able to present happiness and lift people up and and a good positive message. Not everybody has that skill. The good news is it is a learnable skill. So that's what I was helping them do yesterday. And, and that really is the difference of whether the sale happens or not because it doesn't really <clears throat> matter what your wisdom, knowledge, abilities are if you can't communicate it in a fiery way where the person says, i got to work with you because no one's more passionate about it than you. The price kind of goes to the side, and they're really working on an emotional decision, which most uh, purchases are. But there's nothing better than saying, I have the best chiropractor, I have the best dentist, because they care about me and they care about their profession. Yeah, and that's the, that's the part that's, um, if you do it all properly, there is no issue. I mean, people just, <laughs> they won't question price. It, when you win the concept, you win the sale. And so the, the fact is that what I, what I specialize in is teaching value-added conceptual presentation. 
when you win the concept, you know, by, by going under chiropractic care, you'll have greater quality of life. You don't care what it costs. You want quality of life. So that's how we get doctors to be able to earn the money that they're truly due and be able to communicate the value of the, of the exchange. Like one of the things I told them last night, a typical chiropractic adjustment might only take, oh, 10, 15, 20 seconds. And if they don't know how to communicate value, somebody says, well, you just had your hands on me for 15 seconds and you're going to charge me X number of dollars. And I said, the answer to that is very simple. You're not paying X number of dollars for the 10 or 15 seconds that my hands were on you. You're paying X number of dollars for the year's worth of training to ensure I do that properly. You've got to learn how to communicate the value in what you do. Well, thank you for the compliment of uh, my presentation on stage. I wanted to give you a compliment back that you were one of the best advocates of the Keep Smiling movement at the PSA. I mean, you lashed onto that card, and you were photobombing, and you were having the time of your life. <laughs> and Man, I knew that I was dealing with not only someone passionate, but someone free doing what they want to do in life. Well, I think that that's the, that's the biggest thing that we all have to understand is to be truly fulfilled, you've got to do what makes your heart sing. And there's a lot of different things we can get into as to why I am where I am today. I don't know that I was always here. More than likely, I, I wasn't always here. But I certainly am now. And I would encourage people to get there as fast as they can. Life is worth living. It's precious. It's short. And I love what you're doing with the Keep Smiling books and the Keep Smiling campaigns and because it, it's just fun. It, you know, if just smile at somebody, at least they won't know what the heck you're up to, you know? <laughs> well, you're in, the, you're in the next celebrity book, and that, that one's being picked up by William Gladstone, the, uh, the publisher of The Secret. So I'm pretty excited that you and some of the other great people at PSA are going to be, um, I guess, promoted for your good hearts and your great smiles, obviously, and, and your great energy. Well, but, I'm, uh, we're, I'm we're almost done. You. We're almost done with the first segment. Uh, it goes by so quickly. So, Scott, why don't you uh, be kind enough to share with the audience how people can reach you, follow you, and connect with you. Well, I've got a new, talking, uh, new TV show called Talking with Giants. We, we also put that on TalkingWithGiants.com. Um, if you've got any questions, I'm really available. I don't try to hide much. It's a very complex email address, Scott at TalkingWithGiants.com. And that's how, actually... How'd you come up with that? Uh, you know, I had consultants. There was so much discussion. Uh, no, you know, it's one of those things that um, I, I actually announce to every one of my audiences. I give them my full contact information, and I say, now that we've met, I'm in your life for the rest of your life. No, I am not a stalker. I will mm -hmm. not follow you. I mean, that's not what it's about. My point is I can only control my outbound desire to be of service to you. Whether you take advantage of that or not is up to you. But my offer is genuine. Sometimes it takes me a few days. Like, you know, I was just on the road for five days. Sometimes it takes me a little while to get back. That being said, you got a question, ask me the question. I'll answer the question. All right. Well, we are going to invite people to call in. Uh, we have the number up, and I will make that number available again when we get back from break. So we'll return in a couple minutes. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Welcome back to the second half. We're very excited to have Scott Schilling on the show for the entire hour and we are here in dc i wanted to uh get down to the nitty-gritty of uh, your calling uh your conversations with god and the fact that you created this talking with giants program uh before i do i just wanted to share with the audience that scott is highly sought after business expert because of his results he produces his training propels uh his propelled one of his clients business to grow from approximately 8 million annually to 80 million in just six years and he just told me during the break that he was going to take me from like $8 to like $800 by next week. So that's even a bigger growth. So I really appreciate that, Scott. More than that. More than that. That's awesome. So you were just being conservative just to tease me. I'm always conservative. <laughs> well, we have a caller on the line, but not just a caller. We have one of the best callers. Her name is Andrea Adams-Miller, and she was kind enough to invite me to some really big events. And I'll tell you what, Scott, you... Andrea and I have to have a powwow at some point because she is extremely well-connected, brings me into some of the, just the powerhouse masterminds, uh, book free mind. Then she brought me to the Jackson reunion and I was saying Jackson reunion, um, like the Jacksons. And she was like, uh, yeah, the Jacksons, Ken, the Jacksons. <laughs> so I got to go to, uh, Gary, Indiana, uh, and drive through their, their very, uh, illustrious, uh, well-landscaped, 
uh, community to get to the Jackson house. <laughs> you were absolutely there. Been there. Done that. That was my yeah, own so territory. I, I don't want to say that because uh, the, the audience may not know I'm joking. So I, I'm definitely being a bit sarcastic. Uh, Gary, Indiana is one of those towns that's it's okay if you can just drive quickly and, and get through it. So, Scott, I understand you, you spent Very some time in, in Gary. That was one of your biggest accounts. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were asking Andrea. Yeah, I uh, uh, back in when I was in my corporate career as a young sales plebe, uh, that was actually one of my areas. I had a 1984 Chrysler K car and actually burned up Sorry. the engine in Gary, Indiana, and sat at the side of the road watching my car, car seized <laughs> up. And, uh, you know, it just... Uh, but, you know, it taught me a great lesson. I mean, people are people. It doesn't matter. You just got to you treat people with dignity and respect, and, and that's what it's all about. So, I mean, just really, really great people. Uh, it's, a, it's a really tough area, and, and I empathize with people who live in really hard areas. Um, but, again, that's why we work to try to educate them and help them and, and give them ideas on how they can make their lives better. And that is so true that you never know who you're talking to, who you're um, meeting, or who you're smiling at, because that gesture can turn into a very powerful relationship. It can turn into a really a life changer for you. And uh, and I, I say it about myself because when I was at PSA, Public Speaker Association, I ran into you, and you told me the friends you have. And then, without me even asking, you said, "Hey, if you need any great guests on your show, just let me know." And I. I refrained from yelling everyone, and I just said, hey, let me get you on the show if, if you enjoy it. And every, every minute I've been giving myself a rating just to see if it's high enough that I can ask you for one of these great guests. But I know Andrea called in, and she has a, a, at least one burning question she'd like to ask. So, Andrea, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. And um, uh, yes, and Scott already knows me. Uh, um, a very long time ago we met. I believe it's been seven years now. And um, so I was the lady in red. I always wear red. And I'm really glad to hear how you feel about the people of Gary, that you did meet some very fine people, because I know Ken did too, and so did I. And while Gary, Indiana might be um, referenced as the murder capital of the world, there are beautiful, wonderful families and children there who are really striving to have a better life, which that's what you're doing, Scott, is trying to provide that opportunity uh, to people to find and capture that information. Uh, very similar to, you know, similar and in different ways than both Ken and I do is that we care about other people and want to take them to other levels. And so my question for you is about the, the whole idea of giants. And I was, you know, thinking about that. Like, um, you know, how, how, how does one define a giant? Because I got to thinking other people in the audience might be going... What, how do, when do I get to find out whether I'm a giant or when do I reach that level of status or how does that, how is that determined in the world? And I thought you would be the best one for that answer. Well, I've got a very simple definition of a giant. Virtually anyone who has a desire to lift another up and provide value without expectation or return. And so... Um, Literally on my TV show last week, um, Amber Rogers was on. She's five foot nothing, 92 pounds, and she said on the show, I got to tell you, this is the first time I've ever been called a giant. <laughs> and so it's not 
necessarily celebrity, but sometimes celebrity qualifies as a giant. But it's really my whole, um, the whole concept of a giant, quite frankly, I think we've all been put on this earth for two reasons, to have a fabulous life and help as many other people as we possibly can. That's it. Pretty simple. And so when you're in that having, what I find is when I'm having a fabulous life, it's because I'm being of service to someone else. And so, quite frankly, while the media or a lot of different things would qualify a giant as they've had to accomplish some amazing something, the fact is, if you throw a smile and it changes somebody's day, you're a giant to that person at that moment. And one of the things we're actually doing with Talking With Giants is we're soliciting giant stories. Tell us who the giants in your world are. Because it's not about necessarily about celebrity. It's about a desire of the heart to help somebody else do better, elevate. Um, we, uh, I said to a friend a long time ago, can't we just all get along? And he goes, no, we're not built that way. And I said, I refuse to accept that. That's ridiculous. So the point is, I'm sorry, I get really passionate about this. It's simply about having a desire from the heart. I come out of the Zig Ziglar camp. You can have anything in life you want if you simply help enough other people get what they want. That makes you a giant. I would say that's probably one of the more popular quotes I've heard from the the guests we have on the show, which I guess is a good template of of what those people actually believe is the go-giver mentality of unconditionally giving, not keeping score and having it elevate you because your impact actually is causing your abundance, not your ability to sell something. So I, I totally agree with you, Scott. Well, thank you. It, does that answer the question, Andrea? Well, it does. And it makes me want to send in my money for the ticket that I didn't even have to buy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, thank you so much. But the, the point is, talking with giants is my international portal of good. Ken is good. He's just a good guy. The Keep Smiling Books is just a good project. The Umbrella Syndicate, just getting people to smile, is a good thing. Those are the kind of people I want to lift up. You and what you do is just good. There's plenty of bad in the world. I'm tired of bad. Everybody proliferates bad. The news media is nothing but bad because it sells more news media. It's aggravating. So if I can be a bastion of good, that's what I want to do. I want truth. I want integrity. I want a trustworthiness. I want to be the TWG good housekeeping seal, trusted, vetted resources that just if you know these people are being talked about, you might want to check them out. I didn't say go do business with them immediately, but at least check them out because they're doing it in what I perceive to be the right way. How do we serve each other? Servant leadership. Well, Greg said something, uh, Greg Reed said something uh, on stage about uh, a common ingredient that people that are successful, that they have this, and it separates them from the people that don't necessarily succeed, and it's that they have a knowing that what they're doing and who they are is going to propel them to realize the vision and uh, the mission that they're on. And beyond that, 
is a calling. So if you feel like you are connected to a, a divine message and that you are serving your purpose on earth uh, through God's uh, intervention and, and placing you where you need to be so you can have the biggest impact, I think you referenced that at the Public Speaker Association that you were revitalizing a vision that you had some nine years ago that you'd actually made a business card for. Do you want to share that story? Yeah, actually, so I wrote the first Talking with Giants book uh, in 2006, 2007, released it. And that was at a time where I was with Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen a lot. They became great friends. And Talking with Giants was actually going to be the next chicken soup. You know, talking with giants in radio, talking with giants in TV, talking with giants in NASCAR. It was going to be a series very similar to that. And again, I said I was speaking 288 times a year. Well, God put a vision on my heart that talking with giants is this uh, all-incorporating portal of good. Uh, You know, it's a place where you can get all sorts of things. So uh, there was a, we drew a mind map nine years ago that included an arm for production. That was TV, podcast, radio, magazine, uh, blogs, website. There was a whole series of books. There was an arm for that. There was a whole series of training. There was an arm for that. There was a whole series of seminars. There was a foundation which then spread off into multiple areas of giving and charity. So the entire mind map and the vision of this was put on my heart nine years ago. A couple things happened. I was, I was speaking a lot. I, I was busy. I was, quite frankly, doing very, very well and didn't have time, need, desire, quote-unquote, to do it at the time. But I had the cards printed. I had the logos done. I spent all the money to do it and literally started handing out those nine-year-old cards 16 weeks ago when I got the TV show. And we are now executing that plan, and it really came through. And, and I'm a Christian. I make, it's not my job to convert anybody. It's my job to live my belief. I believe everybody should have a higher source. Whatever yours is, I'm proud of you. Believe in something. If you want to know mine, talk to me. That's great, but not my job. I, it's my job to live mine. And basically I had a situation arise where all of a sudden I had the opportunity to have a TV show. I wasn't looking to have a TV show. I wasn't, quote-unquote, ready to have a TV show. And, and I, I even, I said, as it was coming up, I said, let me just say a quick little prayer. And I said, Lord, is this what you really want me to do? Or, you know, I mean, it, it, now, seriously, I'm not really prepared to do this. I don't have any sponsors. I'm not, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And I just got still for a second, and I heard one word. Really? You're really asking me this? I put this on your heart nine years ago. And I looked up and I said, let's do this thing. Full-fledged, stepped out in faith, um, and here we go. The website, the TV show, the this, the that. Totally in faith. And with that faith walk, people have come to me left and right you're the kind of, this is the kind of organization we want to do business with. You're the kind of person that we want to know because you want to help us know other people. It's amazing if you just live your passion, you live your purpose. 
Everything else will be taken care of. I know it's easy to say, but it's the truth. <clears throat> now, it's not easy up front. Don't get me wrong. There was no extra money. to, But somehow, each month, the money comes in. Like last month, I got a check that was exactly $200 more than it cost for the full month's worth of shows. And it happened the day the bill was there. Had no clue how I was going to pay the bill. It's called faith. Period. I agree. Well, Andrea, I'm going to let you cut in in a second, but I just wanted to, if you have another question, by all means, but I, I wanted to just say that the thing I like about talking with giants and the Keep Smiling movement, which I can, I can only take credit for the word movement because the Keep Smiling card was in existence since 1999 through Barry Shore, and he lived the Keep Smiling parentheses movement because he exudes so much love and uh, positive energy about how, how short life is or how much you can make of a day just by having positive energy. So I wanted to say something, I guess, a little coy to fit in a hot topic. Like the, the thing that's so good about a Keep Smiling movement is it's about positivity. The thing that's so good about uh, talking to giants is it's acknowledging that you can have a positive life and make an, a difference and have influence and you don't have to sit down <clears throat> and not acknowledge the flag to make a point. Yeah. Coin move, right? So the reason I bring that up is because <clears throat> we need to remember when we fight for something, that we fight for something because it doesn't hurt anybody. We fight for something that actually increases the love in the world, not takes away from it. So um, I don't want to go into a tangent unless you want to on that, but I, I just, it's really important when I have this platform that I remind people that when you have any platform, it's really good to think about how you make the world more positive and powerful, not taken away by saying derogatory things or hurting or disrespecting other people to make your point because that doesn't actually add any value or give merit to your message. Let me, can I parallel something real quickly? And, Please. And that is, one of the things I teach is there's absolutely no room for sarcasm because while you may think it's funny, it's not. And while you may think that the other person enjoys it, they don't. And ultimately what happens is you, you injure somebody with your words and you don't even know that you injured them. And there's, there's just no, you know, again, I, I truly believe we have the ability to lift people up, have fun, be joyous, do whatever. Does that mean I'm never in a bad mood or anything? No. But the point is, I don't take a shot at somebody purposefully because it could really sting. And why would I ever want to do that to anybody? It makes no sense to me. So anyway, just to parallel what you were saying, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And Andrea, I want to acknowledge you because uh, the message I was saying about Gary, Indiana, was that uh, it is uh, an area of economic challenge and... Thank you for bringing in that we had the time of our lives there. I mean, the people there were salt of the earth. They, they were so welcoming, and uh, the concert just was full of hugs and, and happiness. And we got to meet, Scott, we got to meet, I don't, I forgot his name, but we got to meet the original producer of Michael Jackson, who was nice. in the audience. <laughs> and Gordon Keith. Was, okay, well, I, I'll tell you what, Andrea, if there's a way we can reach out to him, I, would, I think you'd be tickled to talk on the air because... He is the guy who had the first vision of that raw talent that Michael had. 
Yeah, actually, of the Jackson 6, which later became the Jackson 5. The drummer was not actually a relative, although his name was Jackson as well. Isn't that funny? (laughs) 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 So, yeah, and then he, and then there was some bad, a bad ick that happened somewhere along the line that he got booted out of the partnership and he totally now is totally forgiven uh, of the family you know he has no hard feelings because that was a long time ago and he was there to support them and the music and was so excited to hear um, Keith Jackson play with his band so what talking about believing in positivity no matter what was just awesome well I also want to acknowledge Scott that your talking with Giants is so important for the reason that uh, you don't know what you don't know. There's so many people that are looking for an inspiration. And if someone doesn't have a big following, but they have a, a beautiful message, and that message can inspire, you know, tons of people, it's so important what you're doing because you're acknowledging these people, you're giving them a bigger platform, and you're really allowing them to be the power that they want to be. Because it, it, being a giant is, is courageous. It's actually making a stand. You're standing out. You wouldn't be a giant otherwise. Exactly. And and the thing is, I get frustrated sometimes uh, because we we go on network and and we can't really pull the network numbers to see how many people watch. But then we take it and we evergreen it on the internet at talkingwithgiants.com. And I do get to see some of those numbers. And and I get frustrated sometimes. It's just like, gosh. You know, this interview with Chad Hennings, the former uh, three-time Super Bowl champion with the Dallas Cowboys, if you really felt his heart, or Brian Fleming, who was blown up twice by suicide bombers in Afghanistan, and his Purple Heart license plate is, nice try. You know, (laughs) you just got to hear a message like that, right? And, And then I get to realize, if all I ever do, Mother Teresa said, if you can't feed a hundred, feed one. And that's what I keep on, that's what I drop back to. Everybody out there can feed one. If that's all we ever do, you're a giant, take that one person, make a difference in their life. And what you'll find is that'll start to cascade, that'll start to spread. Everybody wants the, the million followers immediately. It doesn't really happen that way. And un, Well, unfortunately, it does happen that way, but you've got to become an idiot and do something really stupid. And then it goes viral, and all of a sudden you got all these followers. We wonder why bad behavior continues and, and proliferates. It's because people reward bad behavior. It's, it's hard sometimes to have good behavior, but it's dang well worth it. Well, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that completely because the people that are having that bad behavior and getting a million views or followers, those people are not necessarily paying that person to be that idiot, they're actually probably more awestruck that someone is called a human that is, you know, behaving that way. Um, yeah, that's, I, I don't, I don't I share negative information on my Facebook because I don't want to be associated with it. and I don't want to encourage it. So I agree with you, Scott, but, but I, I will say that um, because of what you're doing, I believe I can speak for Andrea when I say that both of us would like to always be in the know of what your show is about so we can help promote it on uh, the channels we have. I, I, I shared with you my pages doing some pretty nice reach and, and, and yep. I have a, a, an audience that wants to be inspired. I have an audience that actually tells me, can you tell me before it happens, not after it happens, it's going viral. So um, we, can, we can do the best we can for you and that'll inspire and 
because most of our audiences are leaders. I will even, I will even say that you, you have a, a champion audience of your top 1% people that really want to make a difference in the world. So it would be my honor to help support your show. I appreciate that, and I accept. <laughs> Thank you. No arm twisting there, right? It's amazing, but the show is almost over, so I'm going to ask you, I guess, a question that is, uh, I don't want to go too long. Let's do really quick shots, okay? Okay. So, first thing, what are you most proud of? Proud of my my wife, my kids, my puppy dog, and some of the work that I've done. Okay. Uh, What are two books that changed your life? Just read Two Chairs by Bob Bodine, fabulous book. Um... The Success Principles by Jack Canfield and Janet Schweitzer, but there is one instruction manual, the basic instructions before leaving Earth. Uh, that would be the Bible. Gotcha. And uh, anything you fear? No, not really. Uh, I've had my near-death experience. I had a stroke December 14, 2014. I had a major cerebellum stroke by all doctors. I shouldn't be able to, to speak or remember or walk or or talk, or anything like that, and by the grace of God, I walk away with nothing. So you understand that fear and faith share the exact same definition. One's negative, the other's positive. I'm in the positive. The definition is belief in the unseen, assurance of the unknown. That's fear. I choose not that side. That's negative. I choose faith, which is the positive side. Belief in the unseen, assurance of the unknown, that my life is going to be awesome. And, and, and thus it is. So uh, you've mentioned a lot of people that you look up to. I would assume a lot of them were mentors. Are there any mentors that you did not mention that uh, made a huge difference in your life? Zig Ziglar. I, I didn't mention Freddie Rick. Uh, my dad, Janet Schweitzer is amazing. Uh, Les Brown, Jim Rohn, Bob Bodine. Bob's an amazing guy. Bob's the most... Andrea, do you, do you have a quick question? Sorry. Yes, I do. I want to know um, a place of inspiration that you would ask others to go visit. Uh, are you talking about a physical location or, or just kind of a... Whichever uh, one comes to mind for you. Well, what came to mind for me is something I got prophesied over uh, repeatedly, and that was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. That's a very comforting place to meditate on that and know that your higher source, my higher source in this case, or your higher source, whatever you choose to call that, is there for you. And I think that's a place of comfort. Awesome. Well, let's, let's go ahead and end with uh, a tribute to the Michael Jackson. Any favorite Michael Jackson song? Oh, gosh. I mean, you got to love Thriller. you got to love so many of them. I mean, okay, and give me, give you me understand I played college football when, when those songs were big, man. I was on the dance floor. <laughs> and give me a quote <laughs> to close out the show. Um, I, it's got to be Zig's quote. You can have anything in life you want when you simply help enough other people get what they want. And would you like to give one more quote? Uh, you know what? There's, I've got one of my own that I, uh, just it's choking me up so I can't even get it out. Just, you know, know that you're awesome and know that you have infinite capability and just use it to its fullest. Live life. Enjoy. Well, Scott, you have been an awesome guest. I've been looking forward to this show for 
since I met you. And so thank you for being on the show. You've been amplified. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please follow Scott Schilling with Talking with Giants. And you'll see the podcast, uh, iTunes, probably in a couple of days. And we'll push that out as well. So, Scott, you are a friend. I love you. And I uh, look forward to working with you again soon. Andrea, thanks for coming back on the show. And thank you. You certainly uh, amplified my life, Scott, today. I needed to hear what you had to say. And because of it, I need to point out a giant Ruth Everett who's sitting in front of me. So, And I'll explain some other day. So thanks, everybody, for having me on to share how great Scott is. Please, please reach out to me at scott at talkingwithgiants.com. Let's connect. Thank you, Scott. Take care. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.